think the other thing that I've learned through the steps along my career so far is that like it's better to like step outside your comfort zone and do things that you wouldn't normally do because that's when you really learn the most. And so I don't think I had ever had a moment of like, okay, like here we go. Welcome to Ladies of Golf with me, Abby Liebenthal, a For the Ladies podcast. Welcome back to Ladies of Golf. Um, today, I'm with Emily Farrell, who is founder and CEO of Abendroth Golf, a women's golf apparel brand. She is also a PGA teaching professional at White Bear Yacht Club. And prior to launching her golf apparel brand, Emily worked at Titleist, Havas Media Group, and the Country Club, among other places. Um, while spending eight years working a corporate job and keeping her PGA status, Emily searched for professional apparel to wear on and off the course. She dreamed of providing women with golf attire that functions for the course but can travel off course comfortably without feeling the need to change or stand out. This dream became a reality with the launch of Abendroth Golf's first signature product, the Peggy Pant, in April of 2020. So with that, I'd love to welcome Emily to Ladies of Golf. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so how do you feel hearing that introduction and a bit of the journey that brings us here today? It's fun to, I mean, it's fun to listen to. It was very nice. Thank you for saying all those wonderful things. Uh, but I think um, it all goes back to like everything that's happened is why I'm here and what I'm doing. And it all kind of makes sense. I think going through like your first job out of college and not knowing how things are going to connect. Um, yeah. It was really cool to hear. So thanks. Good. Um, on your website, it says that Avondroth is 20 years in the making. So what does Emily of 20 years ago look like? 20 years ago. Well, literally 20 years ago, uh, I was a teenager um, and I was playing high school golf. And uh, I look at like the high school golf pictures and like <laughs> the options that we had then. And it was like a uh, car racing, like oversized polo and <laughs> ugly khaki shorts. Um, but yeah, I mean, through high school, so I, I played high school golf, I played college golf. Um, and then I was always creative. So I think, uh, thinking through like why I'm, I'm where I am today. It, mm -hmm. Um, to me, it makes a lot of sense. Like I like being creative. I like, um, just trying to, I'm very detail focused. So, um, all of those kind of points along the way add up right, right. now, but there's still a lot of work to be done. So <laughs> yes. we'll see. That's okay. Yeah. Um, if you don't mind sharing, what are just like some of the roles in golf that you've had, whether it's as a professional or working in the corporate world? Yeah. So I, uh, out of college. So I went to Methodist University, which is a PGA golf management school. Um, I got a business degree and a marketing degree. Um, and uh, after playing high school golf, I knew I wanted to play college golf. So it kind of made sense for me to go to a school like that where I could continue to play golf, but then also uh, get a business degree. Right. Um, and through the PGM program, a lot of my friends that graduated were like head golf pros or teaching professionals. And I kind of knew my route was going to be corporate. It just wasn't, I wasn't sure where I was going to be in corporate golf. Uh -huh. um, 
And so after college, I um, got a job at Titleist. And there, um, I actually initially started in customer service. And my thought was like, well, maybe I'll be a rep or sure. go that yeah. route. Um, and then a job opened up in advertising and I took it and I had like no advertising background. And um, it ended up being a great job because I was exposed to, um, I think the one thing I took from that role was I was exposed to like the importance of representing a brand and building a brand and yeah. uh, all of the details that go into like how you're presenting yourself or your brand. Yeah. Um, and like I said earlier, I'm, I'm pretty creative. So it allowed me to be creative. Like I learned Photoshop and right. InDesign and it was all stuff that I just kind of like taught myself yes. uh, in the role. I was already working in the role, teaching myself these things. So, um, and then after that a position opened up um, through Havas, and it was kind of like being an account manager manager for Titleist. Um, and Havas is a media company. Yes, okay. yeah. So it's an it's an agency. There's a media component, and then there's a creative component. Mm -hmm. So I worked with the creative team, um, and then oversaw or helped kind of with the relationship with Titleist. So it would be you know managing all of the projects that were coming through from club, golf ball, or like brand creative. Um, and the best, I think through my title as career, I loved being on the golf course. Um, and so after those two roles, I think one thing I was realizing was I just missed, I missed golf. I missed connecting with golfers. Sure. I was working with tour players and, and amateurs, but it was, a, it was a much more fast paced, um, higher level conversation in golf. And I wanted to kind of get down to the ground level where I was talking with people who maybe hadn't been exposed to golf. And so that's when I decided um, to transition yeah. uh, back to just being a golf pro. And um, I got a job at a club in Boston. Um, and it was great because it was like I was talking with golfers again. Yeah. But there I was like, you know, I don't think I'm going to be a golf pro specifically like on the green grass side of things forever, but yeah. I loved the connections I was, you know, getting with other golfers and, um, it just, it kind of brought me back to why I love the game and, um, you know, why I love golf. So, um, and at the club I was at, um, as a professional, you had to wear pants and sure. Uh, and then it was kind of like, well, I don't really like the options that are available and, what would I have to do to like, what would it look like if I made my own? Right. Um, and so that's what kind of got the wheels turning about how could I make a product? And, you know, I, I do not, I'm not a fashion person. I like clothes, but I'm not a designer. I don't know the technical components to it. So sure. It was kind of then when I started to like figure out what I would need to do to make my first product. Yeah. And I'm sure you were taking notes internally of like all the different moments along the way where like you didn't find pants you loved and yes. that type of thing even if it's just like subconsciously yeah you were like struggling to find yes. what you needed but at one point were you really like yeah I can like do this as a business like I can create a business with this <laughs> I mean <laughs> yes and no I think the other thing that I've learned through the steps along my career so far is that like it's better to like step outside your comfort zone and do things that you wouldn't normally do because that's when you really learn the most. And so I don't think I had ever had a moment of like, okay, like, here we go. It was just okay. like, 
Um, so basically what I did at that point, um, it was 2019. And so I went, I literally went to Joanne Fabrics and I was like, if I'm going to make a pair of pants, I need to know like what I'm going to use. And so I just like went to Joanne Fabrics and I just felt a bunch of fabrics. And then I went to a couple of stores of places that I, I liked the fabric or I liked the fit or I liked something that they've already done in the product. Yeah. And I kind of like pieced something together with like staple, like I literally, I like I went to Lululemon and I picked up their men's ABC pant and mm. I cut it up and um, stapled something together. And then I got connected with someone um, that could basically actually take this like stapled together product <laughs> and make a product like it, but actually like a functioning product. Right. And so then they made one. And, um, from there I needed a tech pack, which is basically like the instructions on how to make a garment. Uh And, um, so I had my first prototype and then I got a tech pack through a technical designer. Um, and then I was like, all right, here we go. But in order to do an actual run of product, you need to find a factory, um, and you need capital. So I launched on Kickstarter. That's right. Um, in actually, it was September 2019, and that Kickstarter was successful and funded my first production run for April 2020. Oh my gosh! It's so funny you were saying when you got into the advertising role, you were just like teaching yourself how to do the role, and like this is kind of the same thing. Yeah, you became yeah. founder. You started a brand, whether you knew it or not, and you had to go and like teach yourself. Did you find that you were? Googling things or like, did you have conversations with people? Was it a mix of things that you did to be able to kickstart the project? Yeah, it's, it's a lot of, a lot of Google. I mean, thankfully (laughs) Google's around now. I know. Uh, and also LinkedIn, uh, when I was like, I had my prototype and then I was like, well, how do I get more than one piece? What do I need? And, um, I started like I went on LinkedIn and I started looking for jobs that I thought would have the role that I'm looking for. Okay. And okay. then I kind of went down a, a long rabbit hole of finding, oh, I need a technical designer. And so then I Google or I LinkedIn, like LinkedIn, I guess. <laughs> Searched, found. Searched, yeah. Uh, technical designers that were freelancing. Um, and I came across my designer who I'm still working with. She, That's awesome. um, yeah, she, she's helped with Travis Matthews when they first launched oh. and she's done stuff for some other women's golf brands, but her background is, um, mainly athleisure. Uh, like she did stuff with Athleta and Lulu and, yeah. um, and because my product right now is so technical, I needed someone that had an apparel uh, athleisure apparel background with a technical focus. And yeah. so that's what she was. And she was a working mom. So was there was just vibe. a lot of yeah alignment with her. Yeah. So on top of having to actually create a product, what kind of tasks were you doing in parallel to like creating the Peggy pant and then also create Abendroth golf? the brand like it's not like you just have the product you also have the brand and like how do you want to sell it there's so many other tasks that you have to be doing along the way yeah yeah I mean initially it's funny because the all of the hurdles I guess that you'd call them or the challenges at the time seemed like really big challenges and then once you get through them it's like oh okay like I can do this I could do it again and I could make another product but 
um, when I was working on the prototype, I was also just working on the brand, like coming up with the logoing and the colors and the style. I felt like I wanted something really simple and clean and feminine. Um, so that's why my colors are just like a pink and a white. It's very clean and simple. Yeah. Um, you know, when I worked at Titleist, it was all about the brand logo and how how it consistently is shown. Right. Um, and kind of owning the look and the style and making sure that it was consistent, you know, on any marketing piece. So True. that was ingrained in me when I started the brand. Um and then I just, I knew like, obviously social was big. So it was like, if I can start talking about it now, anticipating a launch. Yeah. Um, so it was building the website, building marketing materials, um, and then trying to kind of generate some interest to get into golf shops in the spring of 2020. Yeah. And for a long time, whenever I see like a lookbook or something, a lot of the time you just see like drawings rather than mm -hmm. the actual product on a person. Mm -hmm. um, so were you doing a bit of that? And then like, you finally had some photos, you obviously wore the product. Yes. I felt, I feel like that probably feels like a long time yes. until you have something. Yes. Yes. So the, the actual lead time then, um, I put my, my order in, let's see, I was funded in, uh, from Kickstarter in October. And I basically put my order in and I didn't see the product until April. Okay. Um, and at that time in October, it was like, okay, I need the colors. I need the quantities. Like how many right. am I going to sell through? So I was like learning inventory management, I guess, <laughs> yeah. as well. Um, and at that time, I just had my one gray prototype. So I, I really, I only did 300 units. And I had pre-sales from Kickstarter, so sure. I kind of knew my wiggle room. Yeah. Um. So I just from there tried to like reach out to my like shoe in closest friends that that were working at clubs that could yeah. bring the product in. Uh, and they've been super supportive. My first club was Essex County Club. Okay. And Amanda Davis, she called me. She was like, "I see you're doing this on social. I think it's really cool. I want to put an order together." And I was like, great. And it was like, <laughs> I don't have an order form. So I literally was talking to her on the phone and like putting together what, my first order form. order form. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And but like, that's how you have to do it. Yeah. You yeah. figure out what you need and then you get it done. Right. Yeah. Right. And I, and I listen, I do, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, um, as specifically like the, how I built it. And uh -huh. I think I, it's what I, I think one trend that I see is like, you don't have everything laid out. Like when you work at a big company and there's a lot of people doing certain roles, there's a process. Right. And it's like, you know, like my conversation with Amanda was like, I want to put an order together. It's like, oh, I don't have an order form. Okay, I need to make an order form. So there's a lot of you get to certain points and it's like, okay, now I need to figure out how to actually do that. So Yeah. And that's like, okay. Yeah. Because then the next time you have it. Yeah. And right. You're able to do it. Right, right. Um, that's awesome. And I love that you what are there any other podcasts that you listen to? Or like um, inspiration and I I do a lot of I I just I like hearing how different brands started. So I think that's the one I'm on right now. I, Obviously listen to it for the ladies. Yeah, but like specifically yeah, about business yeah. for sure. I listen to yeah. um Trading Secrets. Oh. So Jason Tardick, who yeah. is married to Caitlin Bristow. Yeah, yeah. He does a great podcast and it's about all these 
it's either influencers or business owners who his big thing is he wants people to know the money behind it all. Oh yeah. Which is cool because right. I think I think about for the ladies and I'm like, well, how do I make money? How do yeah. I do this? Where am I getting money? Yeah. <laughs> and he like the he really tasks people with spelling it out. Yeah. Like, do you give put your own money into it? Yes. Which is a good question for you. Like, did you put your own money yes. into it, but you did it the Kickstarter way? Yes. Obviously, you invest in your own business in other like a lot of different ways. But yeah, it's just like interesting to hear about. Yeah. Was that ever stressful or were you kind of yes. like, I'm just going to figure it out? You know, that's a great, I do want to listen to that because the How I Built It is a great podcast, but I'm always like, yeah, but. But like how? Yeah. Tell me more <laughs> yeah. on that point. Right. It's like, you don't just go from zero to like, now I'm in Nordstrom or like, <laughs> right. it's like, I know that costs money to get the product. Yes. So how did you do that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's very stressful. Yeah. And I think the reality is everyone's like, oh, that's so cool. Like that you're doing that. And I'm sure other entrepreneurs feel that way, but it is a, it's a risk. Right. And yeah, uh, every, I think there isn't a day where I'm like, should I really be doing this? And then I'm like, you know, I'll get into another club or right. I'll meet someone that's like, oh, I love the Peggy Pant. And I'm like, okay. I guess I'll keep going. Um, but yeah, financially, it's stressful. I've put my own capital into it. You okay. know, I'm a golf professional too. So yep. it's not like I am just like... Uh, right, having, you, you are. You still have another job. Yeah. Yes. And I, yes. I don't have all the time and, you know, the, the funds to just kind of invest in this uh, project, I sure. guess you would say. But um, yeah, like right now I'm going through a capital raise and... Um, but all this stuff is like, you know, I, I didn't have a financial background and sure. now I'm learning how to actually read balance statements and P&Ls and, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. what a capital raise really means and like, what are the options to raise a million dollars or whatever it is that I need um, yeah. to be able to continue to grow and scale. Yeah. I think something that I've often heard just like even myself is, um, this is such a fun project. Yeah. And you're like, well, it's not just a project. Yes. Like I want to be doing this full time and I'm just like taking the steps to get there. Yeah. But it's sometimes, I mean, I'm sure you've heard it at least like once, like, yes. oh, this is such a fun project. And you're like, well, that's a little demeaning. <laughs> like, this is like, I'm making a business. I'm creating a brand. I'm creating a product that like people are out there wearing. Yeah. Um, so did you ever have that moment or have you always just let it kind of like brush off? Yes, I do. And I, and I have that moment even for myself, like me sure. telling myself this, like, you know, right now I'm just making women's golf pants. And I think the just making, I know. it's like, no, I'm making, I have a business and I'm making product. And two years ago, I didn't know how to do that. Yeah. So, that um, has happened in two years. Yeah. And I think <laughs> what I always fall back on and like, even with you and for the ladies, it's like, at the end of the day, all the people that I've met and the things that I've learned can help me you know, if, if everything were to shut down right now, I know I'm a better person because of doing all this and the people that I've met that it kind of makes it worth it. So definitely. Well, it has been two years since you launched the Peggy Pant um, and you have an e-commerce store and you're in golf shops nationwide. What would you say has been the biggest driver of growth or multiple things? The biggest driver of growth? Uh, that's a great question. I don't know. I mean, I think it's just, it's been really fun to see. I launched 
at a really at an interesting point. Uh, you know, obviously in 2019, we didn't know the pandemic was going to happen. Right. And um, it's been really cool to see just how many women are interested in the game. And so right now I teach at White Bear Yacht Club. I we my family moved back to Minnesota and um, the club has just been so wonderful. And I just I'm at a really good point where I love teaching. I love being around the game. And then, you know, just seeing how many more women are interested in the sport and want to try it. And um, so, yeah, I still think there's a ton of growth uh, and there's a ton. There's a lot of opportunity just for people that haven't heard of the brand yet. So that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. And it's nice that you get to see your customers a lot too. Yes. I'm sure you have women that you teach yes. um, or come across. So like you're seeing your potential customers, current customers, future customers, like all the time. Yes. Which is great. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's a huge advantage. Yeah. And I buy for the the shop where I help with the buying. And so I see, you know, like what are other brands doing and what are other fabrics that are being introduced to the game? So um, I'm just like, I feel like I'm constantly learning and absorbing and trying to kind of grow at the same time. So yeah. no, yeah. it's good. Um, let's not forget that between like all of this, like you said, you work at White Bear, um, but in addition, you have two beautiful children. Yes. And so there's just like a lot of activity going on in <laughs> your know. life. Every time I go <laughs> and like meet with an account that I, you know, a club that maybe I'm not in at and um or I go to like a trunk show or something like that. And uh, people see the brand for the first time. I'm like, oh, I'm I'm the founder. And and then I kind of like open up the story a little bit more. And they're like, when do you do all of this? <laughs> like, it's just constantly crazy. But yeah. it's all fun stuff. When do you like find yourself working on Abendroth? Um, So my boss, Chris Nathledge at the club, and, and even just the membership in general has been very supportive this year. Chris has kind of pushed me out the door and said, like, go give it a shot. You'll always have a home here. Um, And so I pared down my hours quite a bit. So this was the first season that I was pretty much, I was like four, I would say four working days, like traditional business holidays or business working days on Abendroth. Um, But then like, obviously I'm, I'm working at night. So yeah, a lot of late nights. Um, on my normal day is like I'll work during the day, come home, be with the kids, put them to bed, and then I'll work till like midnight or so every right. night. Yeah. So and you wake yeah. up early because they wake yes. up early. <laughs> yeah. they, I we did not get the like good gene of kids that sleep. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, yeah, you get it done. Yeah, but it is interesting. Like I'm sure you know. I certainly think about like, oh my gosh. Like there's just only so many hours of the day. Yeah. And how do you best take advantage of them? Yes. That's well, all. and we were talking earlier about just like time management and yeah. like <laughs> I I need to write down like this is where my time is going because you only have a certain number of hours in a day. And um yeah, it would just be interesting to look at what that looks like for me. Right. Right. And just know like you're spending a lot of time here, but that's not what's really bringing in revenue to yes. the business. But like yes. you're spending your time on it. It's yes, that's like what I had to kind of yeah. look at, and I yeah. was like, oh my goodness, I'm spending a lot of time <laughs> on like talking to golf courses to put together events, and I'm not working on like the brand, right? You know, whatever right. it may be. And so. it's, you always have to make that decision. Yes, how am right. I going to spend my time? Yeah. So yeah, it's just interesting. Yeah. Um, 
I kind of asked you this. Yeah. How do you find, do you, how, like, how do you find your focus? Like, are you able to just like do a task or do you multitask? <laughs> What, no, what do you think I, you do? I try to focus. I think it's like there are some projects where I'm like, oh, I need a good five hours to actually focus on that. And it's real it's hard to to find that that win that like start to finish window. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I just I, I write a lot of lists. I have a lot of to-do lists. Um, because if I don't, it's all in my mind. Right. And I I'm like, I don't know what to do. I'm kind of like a fly to a light of like, oh, I need to do all these things. But, um, you know, like when I boil it down, my main focus right now is production, uh, funding, and then scaling the business. So, That's good. But there's also marketing. A hundred other things. <laughs> yeah. But like you do have a f- set of pillars that you're trying yes, to focus on. Yes, yeah. 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 That's funny. I, in, like for For the Ladies, I put a lot of stuff in my calendar on my phone mm-hmm. and I'll set it for like 6 p.m. Because I'm like, okay, I have to get through the work day. Like I have to focus on my full-time job. Yeah. But like I know I want to do this later. So yes. I literally set an alarm for like 6 p.m. and it'll say like post to social media. Yes. And it'll like say what it is or like put together this TikTok, send yes. this email, like create this partner deck. And it's just like from 6 to 10 p.m. Yes. It's like tasks that I've given yes. myself to do, which is like this is where we put our time because we love it. Right. That's okay. Right, but right. that's funny. You do lists. I do the yeah. clock. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. always something. Yeah. I know. I've tried the scheduling I sh- or I haven't tried it. I, I want to try it because I think on if you have a calendar view, actually seeing the time and how quickly the time can go yep. versus a list, it's like you don't have a tangible or like a visual of like, this is where all my time's going. So. Yeah. I truly set my tasks for like an hour each. Yeah. And and I'm like proud of myself if I get it done faster, but. And then you get it done. If you have like four things in four hours, it's like, okay, I accomplished. Yeah. If you have like a list of eight or 10. Yeah. In four hours. It's like, I'm not going to get that done. So funny. Yeah. Well, um, what would you say is next for Avidroth? Um, I, you know, you spoke to like the three things that you're really working on right now, but if you could look even beyond those things. Um, is it new products? Is it expanding the brand and marketing? Mm-hmm. What are the things that are in those three pillars that you would love to see yourself yeah. doing next? Yeah, well, I mean, obviously you need to complete the outfit. So I have designs for tops and outerwear that I'm planning to launch in 24. So I'm super excited about that. And I think just like long-term the the meaning behind Abendroth is really um, providing community to women in the game. And uh, I was super fortunate that I like literally grew up in the game. I've been playing since I was five. I know the language of golf. It's very easy for me to speak. Yeah. But I think exposing it similar to what For the Ladies is doing is like exposing it to people who have never been exposed to the game. And then seeing their enjoyment from like, oh, I get it now. Like, this is really cool. This is a lot of fun. Um, so like long term, there will always be the product, but the mission behind it is more like connecting women in the game and giving them sense of a community um, in and out of the game. But yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. good. Yeah. Um, well, excited for tops. Yes. And outerwear yes. and all the things. And for them to like, I love when... Um, you have like pieces that a color like kind of already coordinates with your pants. Yeah. That type of thing. Cause then yes. you like have these mix and match outfits. Yeah. 
So I'm sure that all that fun stuff is going into yes. vibes. Yes. Yeah, it will be. I mean, the goal with Abendroth is to have um, just products that obviously can go off course. So it's right. pieces that I would wear out to dinner with friends or my husband or, you know, or even just to the office. Like if I was working a corporate job. Sure. Something that I could wear there and then be like, oh, I'm going to go play a quick nine with friends after work. And oh, great. I'm like already dressed. I don't yeah. have to have a wardrobe change. Right. At the office. Yeah. To go play golf. So. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, yes. That would be. That's clutch. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you and you don't have to like share who they are, but have you ever been like surprised by who has come through your e-commerce shop or you're like, oh, my God, that person just placed an order. Like, how cool. Yeah, I've had a couple of people that like not like I recognized right away, but then it's like I I'm like, oh, that name sounds familiar. Um, uh, not people that I, I know personally, right. but um, yeah, there's been a couple. Um, and then and then even to just like even people I don't know, or they, you know, there's nothing behind, but then hearing their story of like, oh, I just wear my Peggy pants to Pebble, or oh, I just wear my Peggy pants to, you know, even like a work event or out to dinner. And I'm like, that's great. Like that's doing what it's supposed to. How I had it designed in mind. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. That's great. Well, before I let you go, um, just what advice would you give to someone starting their own business? Um, it can be as simple as you'd like. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think, um, being open to it's hard because you have to you have to ask a ton of questions, but then you also have to stay focused on like why you decided to start a business. So, um, yeah, I would say be open to advice while staying true to who you are, who the business is. Perfect. Yeah. Well, how can people find you and Avidra? Yeah, I, I don't know if people want to follow me personally, but uh Abendroth it just it's Abendroth Golf. How do you spell um, it? Okay, <laughs> so it's A B E N D R O T H Golf. So Abendroth was my middle name growing up. So um, that's where the name comes from. But yeah. I'm sure you could always Google like Peggy Pants. We'll put it in the podcast yeah, notes. Don't worry. <laughs> but Abendroth Golf. Nice. And the website abendrothgolf.com. Yes. Perfect. Yeah. Well, thank you, Emily. Thanks this for having is great. me, Abby. Yeah. yeah.